real quick story about Beauty and the Beast. So, yeah, it like we have our early shows right now. Actually, Sarah had to work tonight um, for the openers. Um, up until Monday or Tuesday, literally like Friday and Saturday were completely sold out already. They've been sold out for like a week. Jeez. Every show we had. So my manager decides to put the movie schedule together for the weekend. He added seven extra screenings per day. Wow. Just of that movie. Holy <laughs> shit. So we were almost going to walk into a situation where all we had to do was turn away people at the door who didn't have tickets. So we would, yeah, we'd have to deal with them, but we would barely have to sell anything. We wouldn't have people standing mm-hmm. in line for tickets, etc. And the, so now he's added this element back in where we got to deal with hundreds of people, actually probably an additional like thousand people coming to see this freaking movie every night, every day. And the one thing that I was really looking forward to the most was all the disappointed looks on the kids' faces <laughs> when they got there and they realized that their dumb parents didn't get tickets in advance for the biggest kids' movie of the year. <laughs> And I just wanted to watch all the annoying parents get so outraged over, what do you mean it's sold out? I, this is a concept unbeknownst to me, and I blame you for having limited quantities of a service to give away at any given time. And just watch their dumb little faces tear up oh and be God. sad. And what do you mean we can't go? Like, I don't know, let's go to Denny's, something like that. <laughs> That's where they would go. Because <laughs> it's right, there's one like right next door. And, like, basically anyone walking in the door at any moment, if you're here for Beauty and the Beast and don't already have tickets, we're sold out. I'm sorry. He took that away from me. <laughs> Damn. Now, I would be now more I upset. Should... All the crying faces. <laughs> All of them. You could have kept a tally. You could have wore a GoPro. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and His Super Friends, where we will do our best to talk about Kong's Skull Island before the show spirals out of control into an abundance of insults, name-calling, and yo-mama jokes. Stepping in, I'm your host, Brian Labick, and joining me for this one-way ticket to Skull Island is someone who can hopefully help me keep the peace this episode, and you heard him in the intro, Josh Zorch. I'm back, finally. And representing Team Kong, we have Mike Bradley. You're goddamn right I'm representing Team Kong. (laughs) And of course, that means we got Ian Lydic representing Team Godzilla. Hey, guys. Oh, <laughs> he brings it back again. I thought you retired that. There it is. Hey, guys. It, it's always, it's it's like motions going through my head, and I'm just thinking, I'm like. <sighs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> A little anticlimactic there. Uh, all right. So just to start the show, as I've been doing the last couple of weeks, I want to remind everyone that we're steadily approaching 100. The 100th episode of the show, so my idea for that is to hopefully get some fan interaction for that episode in the form of topic suggestions, questions you guys might have for us. So if there's anything you want us to talk about, anything you want to ask us, you can hit us up and we'll try to do our best to work it in the show somehow. So if you want to talk to us, there's a few new ways to get in touch with us. You can email us at bryguysuperfriends at gmail.com or you can tweet us at bgsuperfriends on Twitter. And the most active place for us to go 
or well, for you to get to us, I guess, is the Facebook page. So you can keep that in mind over the next month or two, and we'll see. I guess now it's probably a month and a half, maybe a month by the time we get to the hundredth. Uh, but yeah, anything, any of the suggestions you guys might have for us, hit us up on one of those. So far, I think we've got no feedback, so this is starting off really great. We but that to... leaves it open for any fan to have a better chance of getting their questions addressed. And that is true. Either that or we're all going to have to start cashing them some favors to see if we can get anyone to give us something to work with. So, now to this episode, if you haven't guessed from the intro, we will be doing another movie review. So this week we'll be talking about Kong Skull Island, which will be along with uh, the Godzilla movie from 2014 and the upcoming Godzilla King of Monsters that will be out in 2019. These will all be part of Legendary's Monsterverse, which I think is what they're calling it, uh, and which will lead to a Godzilla vs. King Kong movie in 2020. So over the last few weeks, I think Kong and Godzilla have come up at different points in our discussions. We always seem to get stuck with the King Kong vs. Godzilla debate. Bradley and Ian have definitely been a part of those. Uh, so I'm sure we'll be getting into that during this episode. Hopefully Mike will make it out of that discussion alive. Uh, but before we get there, I do want to make sure we cover the movie at hand. And just for us to be able to talk about the movie, all that we want to, cover everything that we need to, uh, it'll be easier for me to throw out the spoiler alert now. So if you haven't seen Kong Skull Island yet, uh, you can pause this, come back to us after seeing the movie. Or if you don't mind spoilers, feel free to listen on. We're going to go through all the details of the film. So this is your final warning. We'll be talking spoilers for Kong Skull Island. Wee-oo-wee-oo. Spoiler! Wee-oo-wee-oo. Spoiler! You know, something like that. All right, so we're in the spoiler territory. We're going to talk about this movie as much as we want to, as any, any of the details we want to cover. Um, so I think maybe just to get us started and we'll go to specifics from there, we'll just try to give overall thoughts of the movie. If you want to talk specifics during that, that's cool, but uh, does anybody... Maybe we'll start with uh, Mike. Overall thoughts on the movie. Um, well, I'll, I'll pose a question to everybody here on that. Was there a character you gave a shit about in this movie? Josh, go. If That's a no, starting, Ian, go. <laughs> if we're simply starting in like a lightning round, round robin type thing, I see your point. Actually, I would say if if anybody in the end, John C. Riley. Yes. Ian, go. If I had if I had to pick one, yes. Him. Okay. San. What who? did you say? San. I don't even know who that is. Racist. Was, was that a person? <laughs> That was the nice Korean lady that was with them. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the scientist? She had a great story. You guys should have paid attention. <laughs> Is there like a, a manga book we haven't read that uh, you could direct us to that tells her story? Is, is, yeah, it's is called one of those uh, <laughs> GoshibanushiUSA.com. <clears throat> it came out last year when they were developing the movie. It was based on the early Kong storyboards. You know, it really, I, I, Brian, I see it now. It is impossible to tell if it's completely just getting pulled right? out of his butt right. at any given moment. <laughs> Someone somewhere is listening to this, and they're going to look that up and say, what the fuck? Ian was totally full of shit. You mean, given, you mean gibberish, given... gibberish.com? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to look it up. <laughs> and and, <laughs> the, and like now, like given the title of, like, yeah, kind of like the, 
vague Japanese-ish sounding words that you used. Like, are you now the racist? Like, is that how that works? I think so. <laughs> I would agree. I, I think, yes. <laughs> okay, Brian? Uh, yeah, no, nobody. That okay. was going to be one of my complaints. <laughs> okay. Um, it, that was my biggest issue with the movie, is I did not feel that character development focused enough on anybody specifically. It jumped all over the damn place. And, you, I mean, you have an actor like Tom Hiddleston, you have a Samuel L. Jackson, you have a John C. Riley, you have these talented people there. And you jump all over the damn place and don't give enough time to one of them. That's all they had to do to make this a better movie, is give us a central human character... And this becomes a much better movie. Um, yeah, yeah, I would I say actually, that... I, I have a question, I guess, maybe for you guys, too. Without looking at IMDb, can you name any characters' names? I already have it up, so I'm going to recuse myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very honest of you. Because um, um, I walked it, out of if... there not remembering anyone's fucking name. And that's a terrible no. way to set up your characters. Samuel no, Jackson was uh... Colonel something. <laughs> Oh, uh, the one guy. I want to say was it not Jackson? The guy, the the guy that they went to go look for, that was already dead, but they didn't know it yet. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. With the kid, with the kid. Um, I remember the kid's name. That was Billy. Billy. <laughs> <laughs> the he kid wasn't who, even in the who, fucking movie, and I remember that yeah. kid's name. Because uh, frick, was it like Jackson or something? Jax, something like that. Ian. Ian, how wrong am I? <laughs> it's not like they can't tell. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> the guy that was page. trapped up on the hill. <laughs> no, I know, but they all have just like first names. It was Toby Kebbell's character. Yeah, Toby yeah. Oh, Jack Chapman. Ch- Chap- Chapman. Yeah, that's Chappy. Oh, Chappy, no. <laughs> Chappy's Chappy. dead, guys. <laughs> so I had the Jack part kind of correct. That's why that was in my mind. Yeah, he also played Kong. Yeah, I saw that. He did the motion capture for it. Yeah. Wait, Toby Kebbell did? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, cool. Which was a big step up for him, both in, like, his human character portrayal, because I forgot that that was the actor who was Doctor Doom in the recent Fantastic Four. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. And he did much better in this. Yeah, he had stuff to work well, a little bit more to work with. Yeah. Still have not seen that Fantastic Four. Oh, we got to schedule that. I know. I, I think about it all the time, and then, like, just scheduling-wise to get everybody to sit down and watch it seems like a nightmare. But it's, right yeah, we heart. definitely have to do that. People are not going to be jumping at that opportunity. If we do it for the podcast, I think it would. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I yeah. Sit, I think if we, I like, live record a podcast while watching it. Especially, uh, like, with someone who hasn't seen it yet. Oh, yes, I will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we could definitely do that. I, I would live record a podcast watching it. That would be fun. <laughs> That might so, get so me to, to s- watch it. Yeah. So, so to di- to digress, yay, Toby Kebbell. <laughs> okay, yes. Uh, Mike, you got anything? You were on the characters. You got anything else for the characters, or you want to spin off to something else? Um, I, I mean, I think I said my piece on that, because there's not a whole hell of a lot to say about the characters. Um, yeah. If you can waste Tom Hiddleston, and not to mention Tom Hiddleston playing a fairly cool character. Like, the guy had yeah. a lot of cool shit going on about him, and then they're just like, we're not really going to let you see any of that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's peace. A good point. Uh, it just, I don't know. 
I'll right, pass it along because I'm just yeah. We'll spin off to uh, Josh. Just sort of overall thoughts of the movie. Yeah. What are you thinking? Um. So this was my number seven on the 2017 anticipation list, and it. I wouldn't say it's like it's not going to end up on my disappointments list. I didn't hate it. I did. I, overall impression, it's it was a good popcorn flick. It, it was absolutely entertaining, and it was a good way to you know spend two hours. Not not upset about that whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, it, it seems like they had a lot of missed filmmaking opportunities uh, that were re- probably low-hanging fruit as well. You know, not everything has to be the best movie you're going to see until you go see something two weeks later that is then the best movie you're ever going to see. Not everything has to be that, but yeah, it just seemed like, you know, some of the easy things that we've touched on already... Um, like I said, low-hanging fruit that, uh, you know, hashtag missed opportunities. On the low-hanging fruit, Josh, I would comment that they have a format for King Kong already out there. If you're going to reboot a King Kong franchise, there's a very simple format to making an excellent movie out of it. Humanize the monkey. It's an ape, but humanize it in some yeah. way, and all of a sudden, you know, the the Naomi Watts Jack Black version was pretty damn good as a movie. It wasn't quite as entertaining as this one was with all that happened. It was still entertaining as a movie, but it came off as a very good movie. And that format, they just followed the same format from the original, basically, where you actually feel bad for King Kong at the end of the movie when he's killed. It, You know, it's the same thing where... I understand why they didn't kill him in this one, so they didn't need mm-hmm. to humanize him as much because they want their Godzilla versus King Kong eventually. So it forces them down a different path, but at the same time, you had two or three scenes with him, with Kong and Brie Larson's character, where they could have explored that a little bit, and they didn't. True. At the, at the same time, I'm I'm glad that they didn't other than like one particular moment that really didn't last more than, you know, 30 seconds. I'm glad that they didn't just pick little bitty things and like carbon copy them from the traditional Kong story. I appreciated that this was an adventure story. This mm-hmm. was not as much the let's go to Skull Island and we don't really know what's there. And then we find Kong and we're going to trap him and bring him back to civilization. And then he wreaks havoc. It was just an adventure story. That happened to, you know, with monsters and big beasts that happened to include King Kong. Um, yeah. So I did appreciate that about it, um, that it tried to be something a little bit different. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, that's m- mostly my piece on it. Ian, what do you, what do you got? So my biggest issue with this movie is there's one very simple thing you do when you make a monster movie. You don't show the monster a minute in. They fucked that up. You don't start off with full Kong. I agree. I was surprised. I thought it was a terrible choice. And then just like the writing I didn't enjoy. There were so many times where they tell a joke and they were like holding for laughter, (laughs) but it wasn't funny. (laughs) Like you don't hold for a laugh there. (laughs) It it just like really threw off the pacing of the movie, I think, because they kept holding for it and it was never coming from anyone in that audience I was in. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there was not laughs. The writing suffers. The other big thing is like, it was basically a Vietnam movie, and Kong was like the sea story of Kong Skull Island. <laughs> okay, I'm with you. I mean, I think that comes back to the whole terrible writing issue. 
Yeah, it does. Like they, like I mean, Mike said at the beginning with like how they didn't humanize the characters or give you anyone to care about. They didn't make you care about anything. There was nothing like that they were able to put pen to paper and be like, "This is our movie." They just threw a bunch of ideas together and like, "Fuck it, put Hiddleston and Jackson in it. We got a fucking universe to make." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they tried really hard to make you hate Samuel L. Jackson there, and it frustrated me, you know, and I, I really hated the character, but not because of the character. I hated the character because it was so obvious from the first moment you see the scowl on his face the first time you see him, like, and it's just like, okay, so there's our villain in this movie, and it, and it, it's not gonna He's work. He's gonna have the... He's going to have the fatal flaws. He's going to make the bad decisions for the quest for constant uh, affirmation of the Vietnam War and his loss. It, 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 what they created for him was way too um, archetypal. Mm-hmm. What really got me, though, I don't know if anyone else was thinking this, but towards the end when he's thinking about killing Kong, all I could think of was, Kong, yell out Martha, and he won't kill you. That's all he had to do. Humanize himself by saying Martha. Prove he had a mother. You know what I was actually thinking? The moment where uh, after he you know, succumbs to the lake of fire and he is passed out for a little bit, mm-hmm. there's that shot from behind Samuel L. Jackson looking at the face of Kong. There is, I don't know if it's like one of the original... Uh, tree houses of horror but it's like a really really old early Simpsons episode where Homer it's basically Homer as King Kong it's the King Kong story where Mr. Burns is like the Jack Black type character and they end up finding Kong that's Homer and they have him passed out and Smithers and Mr. Burns are standing right at the right like in front of of Homer's mouth and you think he's passed out and the two of them are talking and then just with one quick chomp he eats Smithers and he disappears <laughs> but but he stays like passed out oh. and then Mr. Burns just <laughs> yeah. M- Mr. Burns just like turns around and just like shrugs his shoulders and says oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was kind of waiting for him to eat Samuel L. Jackson yeah I, I can hear like the same sound that made when that show was on just like <laughs> yes that's it that's <laughs> just gone. Like, it, it, it had that exact framing and that exact look. Yeah, I think, Ian, more to your point about the Martha <laughs> storyline and, and twist, quote-unquote twist, I fully she expect that... the name of Brie Larson's character. <laughs> yeah, for and all I we know. know. Yeah, we can't remember her name. Uh, no, I fully expect something like that for Kong and Godzilla. Like, when we get to that movie, that that's gonna be, like, team-up time. <laughs> I hope. Or just like, my mom's dead, so is mine, let's be buddies, or something. Oh god, if all this arguing's over nothing and they just fight with each other instead of against each other. Oh, you know it's gonna happen. It's gonna gonna follow the exact plot of Batman v Superman, because you can't have a winner in that scenario. Because you're gonna piss off half of your fan base. Well, you're you're not gonna want want either of those characters' franchises to be over after two movies. And yeah, it's 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 gonna be either maybe not necessarily that they it might be you know friend of f- f- uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend, and like at the end they're not buddies, but 
you know, whatever it is, like Mothra or, uh, you know, whatever other thing that they have to turn their attention to. Because if they don't, then maybe they'll both die. Yeah. So they have to do it just for survival purposes. But, yeah, it seems like it's, they're going to, it's going to be very easy to telegraph. Yeah. I agree, but I still hope that it it goes down. And I like I there needs to it needs to go down. There needs to be a clear winner. Um, they can they can redo either one of these franchises. Sure, in this movie they say you know Kong is the last of his kind, and Godzilla is the only Godzilla as far as we know. But either one of those they could just like retcon it and be like oh he found a she kong or oh there's <laughs> another godzilla that's been hidden underneath and only one awakens every whatever year however many years something like that they can yeah, say whatever the hell the they want theory yeah yeah so yeah i could yeah i could see that but i don't think they'll do that but yeah it's a possibility yeah i'm just saying like if they wanted to continue the franchises after instead of just you know Maybe they'll start dating, and they'll have, like, an interview, <laughs> maybe. You, you mean, like, AVP Requiem, where we we got the, the mix? Yeah, that'd be perfect for this. I'd watch yes. them fuck. <laughs> and you just made oh. it weird. It, it was fine up until then. <laughs> okay, but, but to be Zilla, fair, man. there were two or three shots of Kong, both from the back and front, that it was completely obvious that certain anatomy should have been present in those shots, mm-hmm. that they just completely were like, "Nope, we're not going to do that." Dude, his dick was just so, so Josh, are you, I was going to say, are you actually like complaining right now, Josh, that we didn't get ten story junk on the yeah, full dog, dude? <laughs> not, full dog. It's not. No, it's not just that, but like the shots from the shots from the back, you would absolutely have Kong butthole. Oh, so you're are you also butthole, complaining that? So, so you're also complaining that we didn't I'm have, it, like, if they, a crater-sized butthole if on they screen. Want us, if they want us to believe that people somehow found this ginormous ape creature They that should make it not child-friendly. Just 100% either, either commit or don't. Mm-hmm. Toby yeah. Kemble didn't want to motion capture that. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's not a professional. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't. They didn't call me. I don't. I don't know what to say. <laughs> they shut off. Well, I guess if they ever go uh, atomically correct Kong, Josh I would be the first be- phone call they make. I would have been Toby Kebbell's ape butt double. <laughs> you know, if it was a mandrel instead of a gorilla, that that would be interesting. Because then yes. it would have to have a big giant red butt. <laughs> like it would, it would have to because that mandrels have big giant red butts. So it would you know? <laughs> we can only hope for the sequel. <laughs> no, I'm not hoping for it. I'm just saying that might give credence <laughs> to your argument. I, I'm, I'm just. Mike, I'll be sure to pass along your thoughts to the studio heads. At, <laughs> is that Warner Brothers? The studio Legendary. heads that don't call Josh. Hey, I, I, I can find a Twitter feed. <laughs> Uh, all right, so back back to the movie since we're getting <laughs> way too sidetracked already. Um, R- R- Romano's not even here to do it. I know. Well, uh, Brian, what, what, what did what did you think? You kind of chimed in, but what what were your overall impressions of of it as a whole? 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in line with you guys. I think to me the weakest part was the characters. If I walk out of a movie not remembering who the hell people were, then that's a very bad sign. Um, I thought they did a good job with Kong. I'm not saying I, like I still had a little bit of a hard time caring about Kong, but I think as far as like the action sequences and how he fought, I thought was good. Um, and I, I like you know they there's that one point in the movie when they they want you to start caring for Kong, which is when Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson are pretty much face-to-face with Kong, and she touches him, and then he goes away, and then all of a sudden we have to save Kong. That twist for me was completely unearned. That all of a sudden they want to go back and save him. That was like a turn on a dime for no apparent fucking reason. Because he didn't kill them. Right, if that's all (laughs) they're going by, what the fuck? That's stupid. Yeah, I wanted more from from that. Like, you you know they're going to save him. I expected more a believable way, I guess, for them to change their mind and try to go back to save him. Like, did they even demonstrate by then that he, like, fought the Skullwalkers? Like, he only helped save that random, like, weird creature with the, like, helicopter by then, right? Um... I think. So, like, they didn't even know that, like, Steve Brule was correct in saying that Godzilla was protecting these people. Yeah... They were just going with the crazy man who's been alive since World War II on an island where no one can talk, but hasn't lost his ability to speak English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the exposition machine that was John C. Riley. <laughs> yeah, he had a lot of roles. He was basically filling in gaps in the story that no one asked for, and then he tried to be <laughs> comic relief, which was may or may not be funny to some people. I That actually worked on me. I, I actually really enjoyed his character for that purpose. But yeah, I did find it odd that he's he was there for almost thirty years, and yeah, n- not not even with like speaking a different language, but almost with a language verbal languageless mm-hmm. culture. Yeah, and he just rolls up after like th- you you I f- you would almost forget unless you talked out loud to yourself all the time, <laughs> which I think you're led to believe he does. Probably there's definitely well, kind of like a Wilson situation going on there. But I also think he talks to them. Like, he speaks to them, and they understand him, but they don't speak back. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to get that far yeah. into that part of this, because it's right, just right. not worth it. But at the same time, I, I do think he, because he's talking to them, he'd be fine. Yeah. The weird thing with John C. Riley, though, is I was wondering this, like, because he makes the Cubs thing about them winning. Did they write this before the Cubs won, and then kept that joke in? No. You know? I think I think they definitely put that in there because the Cubs won. It's, yeah. It felt weird to have it in there when the Cubs did win. <laughs> and then it just, felt like they were just too late on it. Like, fucking say, rewrite it. Was that just, was that 2015 or 2016? Was that just this, that was, this past this, year? Uh, this that past was, yeah, October just, that happened. So yeah, you ago. wonder, like, was there, like, some quick rewriting or as they were finishing up some, like, post-production, they're like, hey, we need to do some pickups. John, can you and, like, three people come <laughs> and stand in a studio real quick so we can make a joke? Yeah, and then they had to, like, yeah. edit in some Wrigley Field shit in his, like, little battle boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. It's like, oh, he needs to be from Chicago, guys. <laughs> yeah, I could. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Sure. Yeah, and I feel bad. Like I feel like we do this sometimes with movies where, like, it's not that I didn't enjoy it, but if you have to analyze it, you end up like really ripping it apart more than you think well, you would have before you start talking about it. I mean, I think Brian highlighted the best parts. You Which know, like the action sequences with Kong and the. Whatever they were, the the skull, creatures, skull, skull, skull crushers. Skull. You call them whatever you want. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, like, that, that was pretty cool. The action sequences throughout the whole film were, you know, with Kong were pretty awesome. It's yeah. just, you didn't give a damn about any of the rest of what was going on. Well, let's spin I, that off into, what did you guys think of the director? Because this guy, I, try, I had to look him up because I didn't know who this was. Jordan Vog, Vog I don't even say how to, V-O-G-T, Roberts. Apparently, has done a lot of TV and mostly indie movies, and then they hand him this as a, for his first blockbuster to make. So this is like his first big movie. What did you guys think of his directorial style, I guess, what he did with this movie? Like, it um, looks pretty, but, like, I don't know if it's... I want to blame him for, like, the poor writing and stuff, but, I mean, the pacing was off because of the writing, but I think it looked pretty. I don't know how much credit I even want to give him for that, though. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, that, too. Yeah, that... Maybe. that, that that could have also been affected by editors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, say, go yeah, ahead, it's Josh. Hard to tell. Yeah, it's hard to tell. I mean, sometimes you're like, oh, well, we'll forgive, like we said it earlier, like we'll forgive the actors in Fantastic Four because of the script they were given and the limitations that were put on them. You know, they did the best they could with things. You know, sometimes you think of that with the director, but it, it, at some point, it, it just feels like everyone along the way, there was, there was, just like a a pinch of something missing from each area, so you can't really put your f- particular finger on it. And I think that's why it, it might feel overall a little lackluster to all of us. Yeah, but like I said, it was it was very entertaining. But I you know I was I was hoping um when you got that spider scene in like the bamboo yeah forest area part, I I thought that was really cool, and I thought they were getting ready to set a tone where you know similar to what you think of with King Kong, where you're going to be on this island full of giant creatures and oversized things, like um, like in, in the uh, Peter Jackson King Kong, when they, uh, you know, end up fighting the giant insects in, like, the uh, base of that ravine, that quarry area. You think that's going to be an obstacle for them the whole time. And then even when um, Chap- Chapman encounters the, like, log insect thing that comes to life like that was cool for a second and then there's like no interaction the thing runs away because you realize oh the reason he ran away is because the bad creature was behind him the whole time and now he's it it, it's like they they tease that that was going to be part of it um which if they had kept doing it i would have been much more intrigued if there was more obstacles of the island and this uninhabited place this thing they don't know that they had to deal with, I would, I think I would have enjoyed it a bit more. And then I think they just spent like way too much time fixing up the boat. And <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, honestly, de- I think, you know, sort of for me is they, they had to get to what the North side of the Island in like three days right? yeah, or something like that. So if yeah. they are already encountering these other huge entire like monsters and insects shit, why is no one afraid to go to sleep? <laughs> Like, I don't remember them setting up camp and, like, worrying about being attacked at night. They just go to just find them the next setting day. Setting watchers. Yeah. John like, C. Riley does mention it. You don't want to be out there at night. Yeah, but That's we never it. see what they do at night. But why? Right. They're marching. <laughs> they find <laughs> Chappie. They don't know Chappie's dead. I don't know if you picked up you, on that. You don't <laughs> see what they alive. do at night because they didn't have an answer for what they were going to do at night. Right. Again, that well, comes back I, to poor writings. That There's supposed to be setups and payoffs. They set up a lot of stuff. And they never paid it off, and that becomes glaringly obvious when you go back and think about that's it. The the best example of that, and that's a good point. Best example of that, the frickin' ants. 
<laughs> they went through that whole thing about what, what does he say? Like they look like little bears or something. Oh, Whatever yeah, joke yeah. he makes, he's like, the roughing ants. Like that, but you never see the ants. Yeah, why bring that up at all if you're not going to see them? Right. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Not even that they don't pose like an obstacle, but like yeah, you never see them at all for any reason. So yeah, there was like this setup with no payoff so many times. Well, I think but, that's like part of the whole thing with like I said Kong being like the sea story. I think if they would have focused more on them actually getting to the north place and focused on these things with the creatures, it would have been a good movie and yeah. even make Kong the fucking D story just to get something well, like something I want to watch out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What I would say with – I'd say directing, editing, everything as a whole for this movie – Um. I love the soundtrack. I feel like I could listen to the soundtrack yeah. to this movie, but I don't remember a scene in the movie where the song they were playing felt in place. <laughs> like, because I know Paranoid comes just on so when... they could provide a soundtrack to the movie. Right. Yeah. I, like, like Paranoid comes on when they're in the chopper or something like that, and I'm like, all right, I don't get why they're Magic playing Carpet Paranoid, ride. but but Paranoid, all right. Magic like, Carpet Ride would have been a much better choice right there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, it, it just didn't make sense to me. It's like, friggin' A, Sabbath, but... Why? <laughs> Sabbath, I, I don't get it. Like, I, I mean, even if <laughs> yeah. they had gone, like, War Pigs instead of Paranoid, it may have made more sense, but... It, it, it It's just... Uh, it, it, I'm probably going to at least get the soundtrack on my Spotify and have it sitting there and just listen to it every now and then because it's a good mix of songs. <laughs> but That's assuming, I don't know who I told them where to I'm put it. I'm wondering if you look for the soundtrack and it's just like the orchestral stuff and not actually all the songs that were played they in the movie. They released the soundtrack of, yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I haven't looked, but Neither I'm wondering I. if, if they find, if they actually release something like that. Well, just get paranoid in this, like a couple CCR albums, and you got the whole soundtrack. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much it. <laughs> it True. seemed to be kind of maybe, and maybe I'm misremembering or or just envisioning like it it cast this spell on me. But it did, it did seem to be pretty CCR heavy. There were four songs from CCR. <laughs> Seriously? Oh, really? Yeah. Holy okay, crap. that's that's why. <laughs> CCR has a very Vietnam feel to some directors and editors yeah. and everything, and they they do have that sound, but. You know, there, there's plenty of Hendrix songs and, you know, Sabbath songs and things like that that you can use. It, it, they're out there. It, you don't have to just stick four? <laughs> like, that are played during the movie and not just, like, on the soundtrack? I know. It was absurd. Well, really wow, I didn't even realize it when it was happening. Though, <laughs> is they, they play David Bowie, but you can barely fucking hear it. That pissed me really? off to no end. When did yeah. they play David Bowie? I didn't even know. When they're in the like boat thing, the one kid's like when he's talking to John C. Riley and John C. like, This is music now? He's like, Yeah, man, that's the style. He's playing um Spider Man to Mars. Yeah, Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy. I yeah. could barely fucking hear it. I was pissed. Yeah. I didn't I even notice. <laughs> the uh second or third time that I was because I saw it on s- uh Sunday. Um so this week at work when I would go in after the movie was done and I would see the credits. That's it. The first time that I saw listed in the credits, Ziggy Stardust in the soundtrack, I had the same reaction. I'm like, when the frick was Ziggy Stardust <laughs> playing? And it, you, it's, you totally miss it. Well, at least Ian mm-hmm. was paying attention. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> I had not a real no clue kiss. that it even <laughs> happened. 
Um, sort of swinging back to like the director style and stuff like that. I think he, I don't know, maybe it's just coming from indie work or whatever, but I feel like he tried to be really artsy with some of the shots. Like some of the shots, I think if you just get a picture or a still frame of them, they look really good, but I don't know why the movie overall just didn't sit well with me as far as director style. Like the, the one shot of like the helicopters seeing Kong in the distance in the sunset, that's a cool shot. I would like a picture of that shot. And some other yeah. shots with Kong in them in the frame, mm-hmm. just seeing his size and how they how they framed it in the shot and everything like that, I thought were really cool. But the movie itself, and then like, I don't know, maybe it's just because I play a lot of video games, but the first person gunshots stood out to me whenever they did them. I don't know if it kind of just pulled me out of the movie, but I don't think I noticed. Yeah, I was gonna say, what first person gunshots are you talking about? I don't There's even remember at least that. three that I can think of. I think. Okay. Um, wow. There's underneath the spider. They follow the one guy that had the AK-47. He's looking up at the spider, and it looks like a GoPro is on the top of the AK-47. Oh, okay. And I think there's one or two with people looking down the the M16s, where hmm. you just see like the iron sights looking at something as they're trying to shoot. Huh. It just seemed like, out of place, given everything else. Yeah, I get like again. I think he's is going for that kind of like visual style, but to me, right. it just kind of pulled me out of it. Like, I think just, with like they're too, doing it, it just because they can type of thing. Not that it had a reason, just because they can do shots like that. It plays on the whole, like, they're showing too much of the monster then when you're getting that first point of view. You're not yeah. feeling the fear they're fearing of, like, having this creature just coming at them. Yeah, reaction shots would have worked it, better. Yeah. yeah. And then, I don't know why I'm just thinking about this now. I did make a note of this, and I don't know where I'm going to bring it up later, but now seems like good enough time. Good enough time. The, when they go to the... Uh, graveyard of the Kongs. Yeah. And they start fighting the skull crawlers. All of a sudden, a dude with a flamethrower comes out of nowhere. Because I yeah. looked at oh, I Eric, that, yeah. like, where the fuck did this guy come from? They never established that he's there, and all of a sudden he has a propane tank on his back ready to roast some motherfuckers. Which seems, seems like it would have come in handy before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Burn down the jungle. <laughs> all information that would have been valuable yesterday. <laughs> What I loved about that, too, is that, like, one dude just dropped a bunch of stuff labeled toxic gas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, out of nowhere. He just why, had toxic we, gas. You know why, why are you they carrying like, that you know around? What? We need the obligatory scene of Tom Hiddleston looking like a badass. Let's give him a sword for no reason, put on a gas mask, and just have him go through and just flail around. That is exactly what afterwards. happened. Like, apparently, that was the 3D scene. We didn't see it in 3D. That was, like, what that was for. <laughs> oh, okay. That so was the, the only 3D the scene. The only 3D that was the one they did 3D for. That whole fucking shit. <laughs> it definitely looked so out of place, because it was the one thing. Now, okay, here, I, I, will, I will give them a good, good credit. That was the only scene that I will absolutely, like, obviously, the whole thing was green screen. Oh, yeah. All of it. They yeah. said, Tom, run from here to there, 20 feet away, swing around, move, and we'll CG in the crap that you're killing as you go. <laughs> Don't even Fine. look like you know what you're doing with a sword. Just flail about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, but as, as a uh, success in everything else, all the on-location shooting that they did, anything that else that they had to superimpose looked very good. Yeah. They used the landscapes and the backgrounds of, uh, I think they shot a lot in Hawaii. Um, where they shot, they, they did utilize that very well, I thought. Yeah, I will say, yeah, I think the environment looked cool. 
the, the cinematography was well, the way they laid everything out, the big sweeping, you know, aerial shots that they, they, they were good. Uh, I'm trying to really dig and find things. <laughs> um, I know we've sort of been beating the characters up, but out of the characters that we can't remember, did I, did anyone have like a favorite character that they liked? Bill Randa. Yeah, I, this is going to be some I, like a temp worker that was in the building, or no, <laughs> Bill Rand. I think was John Goodman, right? It was John Goodman. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I really, I liked him. He was like kind of cool until like he was like apologizing for bringing them to the island. Kind of. <laughs> he was like, "You just got to get us home with proof," and I'm like, "No, the fuck are you, John? Be like more badass about this." Yeah, he was utterly wasted in this movie too. Yeah. Quite. I expected more from John Goodman. Mm-hmm. I did too. I thought the, uh, especially from the trailers, I thought like it, that struggle, so to speak, between him and Samuel L. Jackson was going to persist a yeah. lot more. Yeah. Not only longer, um, not just because he ends up dying, but um, just more intensely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Josh, Mike, you guys have character that stuck out to you one way or the other no uh i, I, I <laughs> not lance that steve uh, I, 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 that's my sum up go ahead josh <laughs> lance oh that was the guy that didn't want to like sit on the porch and then got murdered oh one of the scientists yeah with the, oh. with the gun. <laughs> i just looked him up yeah that's the only way I could ever figure out who the frick you're talking about. I thought Ian's probably just rattling off people from IMDb. He probably doesn't hey, know he's, he's talking about. He's just scrolling to the hey, bottom yes. of the list on IMDb. Like, who's at the bottom here? Hey, he's, he's on the page before you click full cast. Oh! <laughs> he made it to the first page, which means out of, oh. like, the first 20 people listed, he's popular enough on IMDb that he made the cut. His name is Landsat Steve. 15th build! <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think in terms of any one character, yeah, I think, um, I mean, it's gotta be John C. Riley. He was, you know, even though he was, as you said, the exposition, you know, Mr. X, Basil exposition in this movie, (laughs) um, he was the most fleshed out and he was the most quirky. He was the one that, you know, with his family background and they give him that ending scene when he goes home, you're right. Like he's, I hate to say that he's like the only one you could possibly have any connection to in the end. So, I mean, I kind of want to see like, Oh, what happens with the team next and where do they go? And what do they discover? Like, again, it's like a fun adventure story and it'll be entertaining along the way, but that's, that's all it'll be. And that's, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to think of my favorite character. I think I'm, the more I thought about it, I think I'm more in line with you, Josh. I think as much as John C. Rowley was just telling us what we needed to hear, he did have the most complete story out of anybody. Oh, yes. Even got- even his flashback scene, like when he finally, when he first crashes on the island, I actually liked that little scene that they put in there. Yeah. That scene, was, yeah. That scene had me actually feeling good about the prospects of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was like, okay, so that's how John C. Riley's character, because, you know, you see the previews and you're like, how's he going to end up there? Okay, right. now we have an answer to that. And, but the problem, I'll, I'll tell you both that you're having with your favorite character thing here is you still, you, you got John C. Riley. You don't have 
Toby whatever Tech. the f- no, I'm saying whatever the fuck that guy's <laughs> name was. The character. What was the character's name? Hank right. Marlowe. Hank Marlowe. Right, there you go. <laughs> Lieutenant Hank Marlowe, 38th Airborne. There you go. <laughs> wow. It, it, it's just you know that like, and the, it goes back to. I'm not as polite as Josh. I will destroy this movie because of the character <laughs> development problems. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he, even the most developed character in this movie, the only person that could tell us his name is the one that's looking at it on his screen. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, he's not, again, he's not far and away the best character. I think he's the best of the worst. Okay. That's the way I'm looking at it. If that's you have to pick one. Because you're right, like, I, I can't remember any of these people's names, and that's a problem. But if we're just, if I can remember the actor's name, at least that gives me somebody to point to and say, yep, that one. True, true. But I think it is it's also worth mentioning how wasted Brie Larson is in this movie. Right? Who is a top-billed cast member. Third. A lot of... Okay, top three. She's in there. She's up there. She's, I was just clarifying that like, <laughs> she was third-billed. It, it, it's still... You know, like, she did great up until they got to the island. Yeah. Like, the, the, the interaction and everything, and then they get to the island where she's supposed to be the girl, and Kong is Kong, and it, then nothing really ever progresses there, and she just kind of gets lost on the island. See, again, I'm glad, though, that they didn't do that part, just because it would have felt sure. so, like, oh, this they have nothing original to do. But yeah, but you're right, right. In, ter- in terms of usefulness... As a member of a team who wants to survive, as a member of a team who needs to fight against things to survive, yeah, it's like, was there ever any mo- like, it was constantly like, Tom Hiddleston, get behind me, Bree! <laughs> yeah. I've got a sword yeah. and a gun! Exactly yeah, she, like, went up she and- took pictures and then she looked bewildered a lot of the time, and that was yeah. it. Yeah. Like, they didn't know what to do with her. And is it just me, or did it seem like at certain points they had a lot more expendable army guys who weren't, like, your main three or four that would just, like, keep showing up out of nowhere? Hence the flamethrower guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The flamethrower guy. Definitely. Because I think at one point they went from 12 helicopters to 20 helicopters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely that part, too, where it was kind of like, okay... How many helicopters... Like, I want to go back and count how many helicopters Kong destroys. Because don't, be, they only take like, the one boat. They were all gone. That's Yeah, that's well, what I was thinking, Josh. They only had the one, air, like, the carrier that had yeah, maybe six helicopters on it. And even, I think, when... I When you see the boat, I'm like, could they even fit four on that helicopter? And, like, because I saw, like, the ten of them in the sky as the last two were taking off from the boat... Like, where the frick did these other helicopters come from? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they get to the island, and then it seems like he, like, takes down 11 of them, but there's, oh, there's still, like, six that they can still have to be accounted for. See, I think that's sort of, like, reverse engineered, where they probably went to it, like, okay, we want Kong to do this, 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 and this against these helicopters, so we've accounted for eight helicopters that he destroys in one fashion. But we still need four, four to survive for our main characters to hit the island and still be alive. So there you go. There's our 12. Yeah. And I think, Ian, Ian, I think you brought it up earlier that, like, they gave, like, that full reveal of Kong too early. Mm-hmm. Like, the, when, when the helicopters first are getting attacked, I actually kind of liked that, oh, they, they arrive, they're starting to drop their charges and, it, and everything, and then it just cuts. And then it's just very serious, like, 
We've got the record player on. We're dropping charges. Look at all the data we're getting. Death! Stop! <laughs> yeah. I liked that because I liked that shot of the palm tree coming up out of nowhere from the distance and everything. But I think what you're right, what they should have done, fine. Give us the palm tree to take down number one. Give us a hand sweeping across the screen that bats number two out. But then you could have developed a whole story where now you have what, maybe half the team, they're scattered, mm -hmm. and maybe you have half the team needing to convince the other half of what they actually saw. Yeah. What do you mean there's worked. a giant ape? Are you, you just rewrote a better movie than they did. <laughs> You know, that that could have been a conflict rather than Samuel L. Jackson's only, like, primary intense revenge sub-story. Yeah. Like, it's he not just rescue, it's revenge. Agreed. Uh, just a little bit of a sidebar. Did you guys catch the uh, hold on to your butts line? Yes, yes. I did. <laughs> I loved that. I loved it, I loved it. Yeah, I was so glad they got that in there for him. Yep. I don't even know if he realizes it's his own Easter egg, but it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> I th Samuel's a pretty smart guy. I, I, I bet you he knows. I feel like it could be one of those things he did 20 years ago that he just forgets. I don't know. I... That's, pr that's a pretty significant line from that movie. Like, it's one of the lines from Jurassic Park you remember. Yeah. Well, yeah, we do. I just don't know if he does. Just I, a I paycheck mean, for him. <laughs> that was Warner Brothers. I, I understand, but these, you know... Guys like him, who especially now doing like the Avengers movies and things, he's probably meeting a lot more fans. How often do you think a fan walks up to him and says like, "Oh, hold on to your butts," you know? Like, <laughs> now I'm that sure you mention it, I really hope that's more often than not. I do too. It's, I mean, it's <laughs> you know, just same thing with like Billy D. Williams and the you know Colt Forty Five. Like, <laughs> they, they gotta get some shit for the stuff they've said in movies. I Between mean, that and Hello, what do we have here? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I, I'm looking at Samuel L. Jackson and just giving him say what again, and um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, it, it's I, I would say he is aware. I, right. I don't think he I don't think he didn't recognize that because it's it almost had the same inflection as it did in Jurassic Park too. It That's was true. very similar. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Do you guys have anything else for the for the movie? I think I would. The only thing I have next, I think, is sort of bleeding into the post credit scene. And I know, I feel like that's going to spiral out of control when we get there. So, anything else you guys want to talk about, about specifically Skull Island? No. Josh, Ian, anything? I thought it was a little weird that uh, no one cared that San was Asian, considering Nam was happening. I thought that was a really cool <laughs> choice <laughs> by the movie. That's a good She's point. VC. She's VC. <laughs> Especially Samuel. Yeah, if he just considering how there, his yeah. character felt about Maul. Yeah, <laughs> also a good point. Yeah, that's something that could have been addressed in a writing. Yeah, it could have made him like I could have hated him more. Like, <laughs> oh, you damn racist. Yeah, yeah, definitely true. <laughs> uh, Josh, you got anything else? No, I think we pretty much hit everything. I guess I, I again, I feel bad that it, it it kind of became a bashing session when it really would be like overall recommendation you know sit down watch it enjoy it for what it is it is entertaining make some yeah, popcorn we can, we get some extra candy it's good sort of like you know final thoughts if we want to give it a rating or something like that we can hit that yeah at the end. 
See but as far around. as the overall movie, yeah, we 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 can we can move on. I think we've beat that horse. Okay. Quite enough. Yeah. Um. All right. As I mentioned earlier, they're trying to craft and start connecting King Kong and Godzilla into their. I, as far as I can see online and stuff, they're calling it the monster verse that these yeah. two are coming from. Um. Now Godzilla was made a couple years ago, and that was before they decided to do this whole interconnected shared universe thing. So Kong is the first one that is officially part of this. That I guess is trying to set up all this shared monster universe stuff. So there is an end credit scene for Kong Skull Island that essentially has, I guess, Mike, did you end up seeing it or reading about it? Because you said you didn't stay, right? I I couldn't find anything detailed enough, so go ahead. All right. I'm going to do my best to summarize uh, Ian and Josh. If I'm missing something, feel free to chime in. Yep. Uh, They have Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston in, like, an interrogation room. Yep. And they're talking to the one-way mirror, basically saying, you know, we understand there's no Kong. We're not going to tell anybody about the big monkey and stuff like that. Yep. And then uh, the the black guy and the Asian chick that work for Monarch come in and basically say that Kong isn't the only king out there. And they start showing still frames of, I think they were what, like cave drawings? Yeah. Cave paintings. At best. Like, yeah. Okay. So it's never, they never tell you where they get these pictures from or what cave they found that saw these, but we definitely get a picture of. I got the impression, I got the impression they were from various places around the world. Okay. So we definitely get cave drawings of Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, and Rodan. Mm hmm. And the final shot, I think, is Godzilla facing off against King Ghidorah. Which, to me, is basically saying that the sequel for Godzilla is probably going to be that. Probably. Okay. That'd be, so, that'd be a good guess, I think. Now, the the thing that sort of confuses me is that Godzilla, or King Kong is in the 70s. The Godzilla yes. movie... What? I said yes. Yeah. Correct. So, Kong's in the 70s, Godzilla was in modern day, which would have been, I guess, 2014 when it was released? Yep. Sure. So yeah, they didn't say different. A definite time gap here. So, I'm a little confused as to where we think Godzilla 2 will show up. Do we think that's going to be in the 70s with Kong? Do we think that will be another modern day movie? It, I would say it's definitely modern day. If you catch the one very important line in this one is that Kong is not an adult. True. Um, yeah. He's still and, growing or whatever. Yeah. Like he was the adolescent version or whatever. And so that gives him... X amount of time to come to present when 2020 comes around and, you know, Kong versus Godzilla happens. Right. So the movie in between could easily just take place now, or they could try and do it like a prequel to the other Godzilla, which wouldn't make any damn sense. Because... No. And, and I think it's a it's something that you just picked up on that his, you know, adolescent to adulthood is still growing. I didn't think of that before, but... Right, that still screws with your time. It screws with your timeline in terms of what are you doing with all these characters. Yeah. I, are are we to expect that when Godzilla versus King Kong comes around that we will not have Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson, um, or, or any of the other characters because it's 30 to 40 years later? Yeah, they're going to be 67 years, 70 years old or something. If they're keeping them in that room to be a part of Monarch and then Monarch shows up in the Godzilla sequel, which is present day... Not to mention, if they are part of Monarch now, why were they not in the first Godzilla? 
they what the were. hell were they doing then? <laughs> well, I mean, Godzilla, I mean, Monarch was, not them specifically. Right. Like, it, you're led to believe that Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston have been recruited by Monarch now. Yeah. So why sure. are they not in um, the events of Godzilla? Nothing says we need their actors, specifically. But for perhaps... I, I don't have a reason. I'm not going to try and figure <laughs> I'm not going to defend that. I'm just I mean, do you think they'll be it. used in another sequel? Like, do you think we'll no. see them in Godzilla? No. Or do you think I, they're I just going to save so. them for King Kong Godzilla? I don't think we're seeing them in either. I, yeah, I don't... Mm-mm. Then why have I them in the after credits scene? That's, yeah, that's my point. True. Well, I, w- I would say this. If... <sighs> you don't necessarily need every actor to sign up for franchises all the time anymore. I mean, Brie Larson is just about to enter the MCU herself. Tom Hiddleston has, what, chapter four or five for him coming out uh, in Thor 3 this uh, November. So, like, yeah. he's been a part of it. He's kind of on his way out of it at the moment. Like, not everyone has to be part of every single chapter of something they're creating. But that said, it is really confusing as to what the motivations for including them in that scene would have been. You could have just as easily had just um, the uh, the geologists in the room talking about findings and look what we've just uncovered and, oh, we're seeing a pattern. You could have set it up in another way that didn't include Hiddleston and Bray Larson. Right. Because then, exactly, when they don't show up later because there's no rational reason that they would now, you're going to wonder, okay, so what the frick happened to them in the last 50 years of this story? Right. They were obviously, like you said, they were brought in. They're now a part of it all. But we're not supposed to care about them, so why was I told that they are in it from now on? Yeah, I feel like, this is just overall impressions, but post credit scenes are supposed to bridge the gap between movies, and this one I feel like is a lot more confusing than it needs to be. And how this is all yeah. going to fit together. Not if to mention, the, I guess we never really th- talked about Monarch and their overall importance to what happened in Kong Skull Island and stuff like this. But this actually got me thinking, and correct me if I'm wrong, the movie opens with John Goodman and I can't even think of the other guy's name, but the black guy he was with. Um, Houston. Is that his name? Houston Brooks. Yeah, Houston. Uh, his uh, okay. Cor- Cor- Corey Hawkins. He was on yes. um, yeah. Walking Dead and some other stuff. He was in, he was Doctor Dre in Straight Outta yes. Compton. Yes, he was. Um, yeah, but those guys are working for Monarch, and I think John Goodman basically says like, "This is our last expedition. Like, we are broke. If we don't come back with proof of this monster, Monarch is basically going under." Now we're led to believe by the end of the movie they have proof of Kong, but everyone deci- everyone that survives decides not to say anything about it because they don't want to send an army to the island that then kills Kong, and then you know the protector of this underground hollow earth thing is no longer there and all these monsters run free. So to me, I feel like there's a logic gap between Monarch suddenly being funded out the ass for when Godzilla shows up (laughs) and they're able to capture and study these monsters in 40 years. Only only three people agreed not to say anything. So you think what the army guy said something? Oh, hell yeah. They have to basically. (laughs) They couldn't just write that off in a report that some crazy shit went down and we like I could see them. I, mean, talking I don't about, think the army's that lax about losing that many people. Some shit happened. 
I mean, like, they could talk about, Mon- like, you know, being attacked by shit, but not specifically talking about Kong. Like, just leave but, that like, off what the report. Them? Like, they're, they're going to send people there to find out what happened if they won't tell them. So maybe they they confirm the existence of monsters, but not necessarily Kong? Is I mean, that why they, Kong they, says they a secret? Go, some monsters are there, and they would send someone to find out about it. Okay. Yeah. They're not going to ignore that loss of life in hardware. All right, I could <laughs> I could sort of buy that then. Yeah, because to me the logic wasn't working. That suddenly, like even after the movie, like I don't know where Monarch I think the was only reason the they said like they denied Kong and stuff is they met like like Brie Larson said she's going to tell the Russians. Mm-hmm. They just don't want other people to know. The army knows. The government knows. Other people, normals like us, don't know. Now, see, I could have thought that was what Hiddleston and Larson agreed on. To that's why they saved Kong. I mean, they, Can they, I they interject here, having not seen it? Yeah. <laughs> have you not seen this post credit scene? Can I can I interject one thing? Yeah. Go for it. There was one important piece of information in the post credit scene. Godzilla versus King Rodan. Or whatever Ghidorah. you said it was. King Ghidorah. Ghidorah. King Ghidorah. That's your one piece of important information there. And you can probably ignore the rest of it, because they're just going to wipe story on this. Because they screwed up story so royally to begin with already. They're going to be like, okay, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. That's what we're doing. Let's do it. Move on. You're, you're, pro- you're probably right, but again, it, it, it just seems like another series of strange decisions that didn't need to be made the way they did. Yes. They, could have achieved, they could have achieved exactly that, that one main thing that you needed to take away. They could have achieved that three different ways that wouldn't have necessitated the last seven minutes of discussion. Yeah. Yeah, because the, they're building yeah. Monarch to basically be like the shield of this universe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get their build up to Monarch. It just... I don't know. Like, it, it sounds to me like a clusterfuck, really. I mean, it, it, <laughs> like, they, whoever... Once again, I think this is another universe that needs a Joss Whedon. You know, they they need somebody at the, the helm of it early on. You know, Kevin Feige, Joss Whedon, get people together in charge and say, okay, this is how things are going to play out. And have it, you know, different directors and everything, but under one general vision to organize what's happening. Yeah. And that's not what we have here. Because, I I mean, Godzilla, I actually enjoyed. the You know, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the rebooted movie. That was really good and it just took a nosedive here so i don't know maybe they'll uh you know with with the godzilla sequel it'll be back to you know the good good feelings that we had about the first godzilla from a few years ago and then uh any lessons that they they need to learn they can iron them out by by 2020. Well, also, if they, I mean, if that if that's going to be 2020, they're going to be shooting that probably sometime next year, if not early, because it's going to be so effects heavy. Yeah. That oh, yeah. they're probably going to be actually shooting it during 2018 and spending most of 2019, assuming it'll be like an early spring, maybe early summer release. You yeah. know, that year as well, uh, they'll spend most of 2019 doing the live action stuff and doing uh, some of the uh, doing most of the special effects shots. 
So they, you know, maybe only have like another year or so, year and a half to learn whatever lessons they need to. Because you, you gotta figure they're probably in the middle of production, the beginning stages of, uh, breaking ground, so to speak, on the next Godzilla. Yeah. Sequel, because that's for 2019. So they're probably in actual physical pre-production now. And I think that's probably a good point, you know, good place to spin this off too. What do you guys think? Do you have any speculation or theories for Godzilla King of Monsters, which is the one we're expecting in 2019? Well, I mean, they're going to be setting it up. They had, like, another King Kong reference with the, I mean, Godzilla reference with John Goodman early on. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's so, tied like, to, like, his backstory, I with, think. With, with yeah. the boat, right? Like, did, it was, yeah. did I, did, okay, so I read that the same way. Because at first, I didn't, I, I wasn't understanding if John Goodman was supposed to be the character that we see at the beginning lands on skull island and then somehow you know got rescued eventually mm-hmm. but then had to spend like 30 years of his life trying to convince people that it was real etc but yeah so he makes that is that what that was he made the reference about like his boat went down he was the only yeah, survivor that's, yeah attacked by godzilla yeah okay. the picture that he shows of the the shipwrecked boat with the claw marks through the front that was the boat he was on mm. ah got it so like yeah that, he basically like, had yeah. first-hand contact with godzilla and is the only survivor of that boat, so he's the only one saying that ain't, that happened, that no one believes that him. that there's monsters are real. Yeah. The original monster. The king of monsters, even. <laughs> <laughs> you might be tempted to call him. I mean, do you think we'll just get, like, a one-on-one battle with Godzilla and one other monster? Do you think we're going to get, like, a like the, all the monsters that were teased at the end of this one? Do you think we'll I, get that in the Godzilla sequel? Or do you think I, they're saving some of those for the Godzilla King Kong I think Kong he movie? fights... Gordira in the the sequel, and then I think they're saving the rest for them to team up against. Okay, yeah, that's sort of what I was thinking. Well, the yeah. they only they only have four cast members listed so far on IMDb. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown, uh, Eleven, oh, that's right from yeah, yeah. Stranger Things. Uh, Vera Farmiga and uh, Ken Watanabe, which that now he's he's listed as rumored. And now that could be interesting because he is presumably playing the same character that he did in Godzilla. Doesn't he die in Godzilla though? No. Did he survive? Yes. Okay, so that would make sense. The I don't know if this is a coincidence or on purpose, but this is kind of interesting. The fourth person they have listed is Kyle Chandler, who was oh, in, who was in Peter Jackson's King Kong. <laughs> as Bruce Baxter, so he was the actor guy, right? Yeah. Um. So I don't know if that's just like I can't imagine that he's going to be playing any incarnation of the same. You know, but at the same time, maybe they're going to throw us for a loop. Maybe this, maybe this Godzilla will take place, you know, in the late 1800s or <laughs> early 1900s, where you know, at the point where, um. You know, you wouldn't have mass photography and the ease uh, and and simple ability to share information and images and all that so easily. And so that's why Godzilla uh, kind of still stayed as a secret for another hundred years until the 2014 film. I mean, who knows? Yeah, that was sort of what I was thinking. Like, if they wanted to, the 40-year gap between Skull Island and the modern-day Godzilla... They could make a Godzilla sequel in that time, just have it somewhere secluded on planet Earth where no one's... Like, as long as he doesn't attack a city somewhere, 
Yeah. That could be denied and kept secret. It might not look good visually if he's not destroying buildings and causing mass destruction, but... I, I wouldn't say not necessarily about wouldn't look good because it has to have destruction, but you've got to have stakes. Yeah. Godzilla. The, the only reason I care that Godzilla is fighting that thing is so that that thing doesn't kill me. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. You know, I also other than, think... Other than monster to monster, it loses my interest pretty quickly. I I, I also think that they, they'll keep it mostly modern because if they go back in time, you lose a lot of scale. And that's something <laughs> they've been very, <laughs> you know, intent upon. Yeah. Is this Godzilla is bigger than your daddy's Godzilla was? This King <laughs> Kong's bigger than your daddy's King Kong was, you know. The, True. It, and they want that frame of reference in there for scale. And yeah. people, it's easiest people. to get with the skyscrapers and everything. It'd probably confuse people trying to tell them the order in which to watch. We'll start with the first Godzilla, but then you got to jump back to Kong, and then you got to watch the second or second. No, 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 Brian. Start with sorry, it up. Start with Kong. That's right. Godzilla 2, and then Godzilla 1. Yeah, because you got to watch the true fan introduction. I think that's what they're going to do with Godzilla 2 now. It's going to take place late 70s, early 80s. Do you, do you have anything to go no, on with that, or just because? Well, it's going to have them, the Monarch crew finding him, like him. I think they're all going to be in Godzilla 2. Okay. Okay. And they're going to be hunting this. him down. It's a new adventure movie where you hunt down Godzilla, King of Monsters. Oh, that's, so that's why the... we care about monsters being real. Because he's the king of the monsters. So the connective tissue is bringing the human characters we don't care about in this movie and taking them <laughs> into Godzilla 2. Yes! And then we, we don't care about them there either. Still won't care about them there. <laughs> so maybe... It all sets up into the Mudos waking up in the late 90s. <laughs> it's so all yeah. there, man. So maybe by the end of the trilogy, by the end of Godzilla versus King Kong, like maybe we'll learn three characters' names. Maybe. If they keep That's using them over maybe. and over again, yes. If they beat us they... over the head with them, we might remember some names. <laughs> I mean, they could bring Cranston back then if we're doing a prequel. Oh, good call. Yes. I would take that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Who doesn't want more play... Brian Cranston? He could play an entirely different character. I wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even have to either. play the same thing. I just, I, and I'll, I'll, he could interact mm. with some of the same people. <laughs> oh, know. yeah. Absolutely. As Can't a completely different person. Know. I'm good with it. Me too. I agree. Just give me the cranced. Um, Alright, so I think now's probably a good point. We could talk about what we think or what we're expecting for Godzilla vs. King Kong in 2020. Not much. <laughs> I mean, we could theorize if, if, like, you know, what, how the how the overall plot of the movie, like, do we expect a Batman v Superman type of plot? Of like, hey, we're gonna fight each other. Oh, we're we okay now. Mothers, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I was hoping not, but yeah, now I see it happening since the post credit scene that I hadn't seen. Now I know about, <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of feel that's the route they're going to go. Um, but So what we have to think about, though, is they've established in this that Kong, some of his decisions are deliberate and there's a rationale to them. He's a yes. protector. He is trying to deliberately... It's not just I'm a creature and I'm trying to survive myself. There are, there are these other things that happen to be human entities that you know I, I have involved myself with. 
to some degree, didn't it also seem, though, that that was part of the motivation that they presented in Godzilla? Yes. That it was there, yes, it was there to take on those creatures when it realized they would, that those creatures would be awaking. But it's not just because those creatures are my mortal enemy. It's because I, I somewhat serve as this protector of other things against those creatures. Yeah, I and think they tried it, to play it in, in Godzilla as like they were disrupting the natural order of yeah. things, so he was there to set it right. So it's my, maybe like Godzilla isn't necessarily the human protector in the way that Kong sort of adopted this civilization on his island, but who, what, what reason is the clash going to need to be there? Because just because they're both there with each other doesn't necessarily mean that they have to view one another as a threat to themselves or the things that they're trying to protect. So what's going to be the reason that they feel that they have to eliminate each other? It could be as simple as like, you know, the same reason that Batman and Superman should have talked it out. (laughs) You're going to get the same thing with Godzilla and King Kong, where maybe Godzilla is following a loose monster that somehow leads him to Skull Island and in the verge of trying to take out this creature, suddenly when King Kong shows up, Godzilla's there tearing shit up on his island. Mm-hmm. And Kong immediately goes after Godzilla, thinking he's the threat when he's not. See, I'm thinking with Godzilla being this protector of the natural order, he's going to get tired of humanity. And us fucking it up. <laughs> he's going to come after us and just start taking out L.A. and whatever. And then, like, fucking... um. Steve John C. Riley's kids could be like, "Oh fuck, my dad's monkey needs to be here." And they're gonna go to Skull Island and bring him to L.A. to fend off Godzilla, and that's the movie. Well, let's all. And then they team oh, up there because no. Mothra shows up and starts poisoning the planet and the people. <laughs> so then their 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 interests collide and they take out Mothra. But that's when Mecha Godzilla shows up. And that's <laughs> <shit gets> real. <laughs> It just spirals out of control. (laughs) They just start throwing monsters at random. It makes no sense. A human hasn't been on screen for the last four hours. And you're still sitting there watching it. I'm not going to lie. An equal part of me wants to see that movie. Yes. Yeah, your pitch has a soul, I think. I would not watch that movie. (laughs) And and let's remember, it's like 1973 and John C. Riley's kid is like 20 years old. (laughs) No, more than that. He's been on the island... For what, 28 years? That kid's almost 30. <laughs> yeah. That, that kid grows up to be Ken Wantabe. So. <laughs> <laughs> and like, how, how do they address that stress? <laughs> the mailman. <laughs> well, but we've seen say, him. You know. He's like very obviously yeah, Anglo Saxon, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we do see him. <laughs> cosmetic surgery so like it's like 1973 the dude is like almost 30 years old if we follow timelines and this takes place after the 2014 godzilla that's another 40 years so he's almost 70 years old you know uh, maybe he's the brian cranston character okay all right, I'm with like you. Brian Cranston plays him, or plays <laughs> Brian Cranston. Yes, that's his recast. I there mean, you go. Or, well, let's go either way. Just just put some aging prosthetics on on Brian Cranston, and exactly, he's he's the 75 year old son of John C. Riley's character in the year 2020, <laughs> and he needs to 
convince people to get back to Skull Island to bring back the, you know, protector of the people to fight Godzilla. Because, I mean, again, do you think, like, something like that needs a payoff? Like, almost like I feel like if they were going to do the sun reveal of John C. Rowley, that it almost had to be someone familiar? Yeah, I agree. Like Will Ferrell? (laughs) 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 That would have been fantastic. Like, it was the weird part for me with that reveal of his kid. Like, it was nice because I guess it was basically the credits. But it felt like they are really trying to get this nice heartwarming feel. Like, to sum it all up. Right. I was like, I, did I, I didn't need that. I yeah. didn't care. I didn't no. care that he saw his kid. He's the only one that gets a character arc, but it wasn't even that good of an arc. Was, like, but he was in it from the very beginning, so they had to give it to him. Yeah, they had to bookend with I him. Mean, I mean, it made me want a hot dog and a beer. <laughs> at the end there, I, I, you know, I, I did leave the theater like, hmm, where I can I get a hot dog and a beer? Uh, where are the cubbies at? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a, you know, sort of spinning to the Godzilla King Kong debate. I'm a little surprised you guys aren't going at each other for the King Kong Godzilla debate. Cause I figured this is where it was going to happen. I mean, what's a God to a King, you know, like there's a God, <laughs> then there's a King. It's, it's, I don't know why we'd have a conversation. Well, honestly, I, I I'm kind of deflated is that I don't see the battle is actually playing out to a finish right now. Cause as we said, it kind of feels like they're going to team up and that kind of disappoints me because then this debate will never end. With, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, Kong using some sort of tool with basically anything around him and just jabbing it through his skull and the match is over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tool usage. Tool, tool usage. <laughs> I mean, Kong could pick up a tank, stick his hand in, and, yeah, I mean, I mean anything. Anything. Like, Godzilla has these claws that, like, just go through things. If he's going to stick a tank to his T-Rex skull, arms. Godzilla could just stick T-Rex him. arms. I saw zero T-Rexes in this movie, too. I want to point that out. I was disappointed. Real yeah, disappointed. I agree. No, he, he almost he, they did kind of tease at that though, where he did kind of almost do the jaw rip thing yeah, on the, the skull. I was waiting for that. Thing. Yeah, like I thought it was about to happen, and it was like, mm, nope. Okay, they had him do it a different way. All right, fine. Which I feel like I you will... hear it start to crack. Like I was waiting yeah. for it to go. Yeah. Which, admittedly, I will say, as bo- as as brownie points for them, the way that he ends up killing that thing was pretty spectacular. Yes. Oh, with the propeller. Yes. Well, yeah, not just not just that, but like utilizing that, but also like Brie Larson like goes in to the thing inside his hand, and then he just rips out its, its guts. Yeah, because its 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 tongue is still ripped around his arm, so he just uh, yanks yeah, yeah. the whole thing out, and just essentially like rips its throat out from the inside out. But yeah. doesn't hurt Larson, you know. But she was she she was cradled in in his comfort palm. Yeah, he's real soft. Comfort well, palm. <laughs> I mean, it, it, there, there's a lot of things that you're missing about Kong that uh, are going to tip the scales in his favor. Um, <laughs> scales again. Well, well, brain for one. He he's much much smarter. Mammalian brain, reptilian brain. It's not even close. Did Did you see him use that propeller in that chain? Oh my god! I, yes. I, I, someone mentioned it. He's he's, he's 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 gotten he's almost to the point of evolution of using tools. So he uh, he has that going for him. Or that tree that he turns into a baseball bat. Or the one he turns into a javelin. That oh, was yeah. cool. That was a cool shot. I, I forgot about that. Where he just like then like takes his hand along the tree and just like shreds the branches off because he's going to use it as a bat. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's critical thinking that he's able to do that Godzilla does not display. But the other big one we have here is called Opposable Thumbs, which gorillas kind of do have going on there, obviously. He's much more able to do stuff with his hands. I don't know. That's what she said. <laughs> well, I can do a lot with my hands. Um, that threw me completely off track. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Brian, you just derailed your own show. (laughs) Romano's not here. Somebody's got to do it. (laughs) Opposable thumbs, Mike. Opposable thumbs. (laughs) I I was getting somewhere, and it's gone now. The other thing is, is he's an adolescent. We also don't know how big Kong is actually going to be. Um, Or Godzilla. No, we don't. I mean, true. We we don't have enough information, and they're probably going to end up fighting together. So well, let me ask you this, Mike, because in Batman v Superman, yes, they fought, yes, they team up at the end, but when they fought, do you think there was a clear winner? Yes. Okay, I think we could get the same thing in Kong and Godzilla. Well, I mean, who do you feel the clear winner was? Because I, I mean, it's in, clearly Batman. Yeah, I'm yeah. Batman. I was going to say, Batman wins. Right. And Batman's definitely the underdog there, so watch out, Ian. Please, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Godzilla's got to watch out. The underdogs come through in everything. They're both both Warner Brothers properties. Oh, crossover with Batman and Superman. (laughs) Maybe that's... Batman Batman wins. That's what they they end up having to fight is, uh, like, Brainiac. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or um, uh, Gorilla Grodd. Yes. You know, they, oh, you, that, you that's the crossover. <laughs> there you go. Kong becomes Gorilla Grodd. <laughs> but, I don't know. It, it It's not going to happen, and the debate will live forever, I, I do think. I mean, we have one creature that was damaged by human weapons, and we have another creature that's not even affected by humans. Doesn't even know we exist. What's your point? <laughs> if Kong could be taken down by us, Godzilla would wreck his shit. Why? He's a god for a reason. He Samuel L. Jackson almost killed Kong. No one almost killed Godzilla. <laughs> Zero people did that. <laughs> Zero. Zero. How many? Uh, okay. One man almost it, took it, down the king. No, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. So you're arguing that this reptilian beast. Yes. That, okay. Yes, that was it, it, it's, nuclear it's power. See, yes. Forget surviving nuclear weapon. Its power is nothing against the human mind, or is way far greater than the human mind, and we would never figure out how to actually be able to kill it. Uh, over the course of a Godzilla movie, we did not. <laughs> okay, over the course of a single Godzilla movie, we did not, but we also didn't and, try for half King of that movie, movie because it was helping. They figured it out. They figured it out in one Kong movie. They didn't they kill no him. No issues killed him. Fire Lakes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they, they, they used napalm. Yeah, it works really well in all. What's your point? I'm saying that the, the I... human mind is what got to Kong, is he's not as smart as humans are, but he's a hell of a lot smarter than Godzilla. No, yeah, he's not nearly as the basic strength Godzilla has. This is a silly argument to be having. I, I just don't understand it. Gentlemen, gentlemen. One, one can be taken down by humans, one can't. Boys, There's a boys. clear power gap. The real winner is going to be us, the viewers. <laughs> Are we? 
<laughs> I came out of that field. I don't know that. about that after this last movie. <laughs> I feel like I'm going into this coming out with simply the hoping chance that King Kong wins. <laughs> so, Mike, you're, you are strictly, like we've established, you are rooting for King Kong in this, but you're coming out of a King Kong movie not sure of his chances? I, well, I just don't think the fight's going to happen. I, you know, if they label it, yeah, I think like there's going to be titled right now fight. Godzilla versus King Kong. They they will be fighting. Yeah, they, I think there will be a fight, but I I honestly think that you may get, you know, the the a fight interrupted prematurely because I don't think you can have a clear winner in a King Kong versus Godzilla movie where they're going to team up in the end that has a clear winner. Because well, I mean, that was to, sort of my point. You're not going to have one kill the other. I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think you could have a clear winner. Yeah, all it takes is 30 seconds. So I think they're going to fight for at least 30 seconds, and we'll have a clear winner. Uh, okay. You're right, Mike. 15 seconds. He could probably <laughs> do it in 15. Uh, don't hold it back 10. I'll give you 10. Godzilla would probably okay. take in 10. It, you know, it's going to take Godzilla like a whole half an hour to swim from the, the ocean to the beach just to get to Godzilla or King Kong in the first place. So. A god ain't going to a king. The king's coming to the god. We've been over this. <laughs> oh, okay. So. But what, 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 what do you foresee? So it takes him a half an hour to get there. What, what how do you foresee Kong utilizing that time to his advantage? He's going to make a bunch of He's bats. He's going to build traps. <laughs> He's going to have a kryptonite spear perfectly attuned <laughs> to snap him through the heart. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> like he's going to he's going to build traps, he's going to use tools, he's going to do there's Why is he going to build Why is he know Godzilla's coming? How do you he do you see how tall he is? At that kind of height. He's underwater. He can't the, see into the water. Godzilla creates a tidal wave when he shows up. Tidal waves naturally occur in nature, so now Godzilla's an expert <laughs> at the ocean? That is absurd, sir. <laughs> absurd. He is not an oceanographer. Well, He's a goddamn ape. Well, but at the same time... He's gonna if, know what something's happening. If, if, King Kong, if King Kong doesn't know that Godzilla is on his way to Skull Island, presuming that's where he's heading, what reason does Godzilla have to go to Skull Island on his own anyway? Why would he be going there in the first place? Like we, I, I, I think we covered that where he's like, Godzilla's actually chasing a different monster to Skull Island. He doesn't even care about Kong. He's so, <laughs> like, it, like, like, well, like he, they end up on Skull Island, you know, kind of how, like, they were, cha- he was chasing the... Mudos. Um, yeah, Mudos through, you know, the Pacific and then into Vegas, all the, you know, all the way through Vegas and San Francisco and everywhere. Right. Perhaps okay. So, but the path but, uh, of the those, next one goes through. So, if those are flight creatures, then Kong would have some semblance of a heads up. Oh, the, it may be very well the case that those creatures show up and attack Skull Island, and Godzilla shows up on Skull Island to eradicate them because that's his natural instinct. Well, he let me ask you guys this: Do it. Like they establish in this movie about the hollow earth theory about things that they can basically just come out of the ground at will, whatever they want to create. It's just is, like years of war. Yeah. Is, is skull Island the only place that does that? Like, are we expecting this to be the only gateway through for these monsters to come through? Or are we thinking they could show up wherever? I assume that that was the point of like the after credit scene, the show up that happens other places. 
they don't get real specific okay. into it. Okay. But that's why we had that. So, it, so it'd be weird the... if they all just came to this one island. That was the gate to hell. Well, that's what I mean. That's why I figured, like, if everything's going to come from there, then that would make logical sense why Godzilla could end up on Skull Island to but fight King Kong. But he would have already came from there. He would already have been there and left. Oh, you're saying Godzilla came up from that same place? Well, well, if he did, I just mean if that's the only place because Godzilla's been around since at least the 50s, we know. Yeah, the 40s. So he would have already been there. Destroyed all the Skull Walkers, so that would they wouldn't have been in this movie. They had to come from somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I got the impression that that idea that they had about that, you know, that it's like they're these pockets are like scattered, you know, among like all over the earth. They're not like concentrated in. A certain area, but wasn't it? I mean, I, got, I do got to say, it was a little weird that the island they were on, Skull Island, was not particularly big, but somehow there was enough landmass there that it had this like very deep, ginormous hollow hole in the mantle of the earth for several of these types of creatures to be able to come up through. Like with Godzilla. Would that really work? Because he's in the ocean, so you have to go down to the ocean floor first, then presume that there's these hollow points under that, and at that point, I mean, you're getting so far under the surface of the Earth that, like, you're saying these things are almost existing at the core. Well, that's assuming Godzilla came out in the ocean. Like if he, True. assuming he had to grow, like he could have came out of Skull Island when he was small, just kind of made his way to the ocean and grew there. True, and uh, yeah, I'm not getting the impression that they're saying that every single thing originated from this, you know, hollow entrance point in Skull Island. Yeah. Um, that there are these other areas around the Earth where where these points exist, but um, yeah, I, I just don't know how they're going to. I feel like they're going to have to do a lot of like back walking into kind of like retconning things that they thought sounded good for this story yeah. th that were supposedly, you know, supposedly uh, attributed to all these giant creatures and, and, and how are they backing into that? See, I think you're missing the point where they're, they're just going to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. If, if you remember that they're not going to talk about it at all, it makes yeah. sense. I doubt the writers will have it. Like, no one's going to watch this and be like, okay, we got to keep those now. They're just going to write their own different movie. Yeah. The only thing that matters for King Kong vs. Godzilla is that you put King Kong in it. I don't think they're going to draw anything from this movie. That's true. We keep trying to compare everything to the MCU and how everything is interconnected and breadcrumbs from one movie that lead into three movies later. Like, not everybody is going to do that. This is like Freddy versus Jason. You just put them in the movie. <laughs> I agree. Um... All right, I might use this just to spin off into some other little discussion that I was thinking of. Um, and I'm, before I bring it up, I want to emphasize this is in no way confirmed. This is just a hypothetical discussion. But if it turns out to be true in a few years, we'll look like geniuses. <laughs> um, okay. The MonsterVerse of Godzilla and King Kong is happening because the shared universes are such the rage and at the moment that they want to put all these characters together. Legendary owns Godzilla and King Kong. That's why they can put them together, and that's why it you know, get the green light to work. Now, there is another property that Legendary owns that is getting its own sequel set to release in 2018 that could, if they wanted to, be combined in the MonsterVerse because Legendary owns it, and if they want to bring it into the fold, they could. Does anybody know where I'm going with this? 
Nope. Mm, I feel no. like you mentioned this briefly last week, but you did not expound upon it. And I can't remember I, what I you said. I actually don't remember if I did. But Legendary owns Pacific Rim. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did talk. Week, yeah, yeah, we talked uh, about this. Could we get, after Godzilla Kong, that they need to no. put something in there to, to make it better, make people come back and see another team-up shared universe movie? Could we get Pacific Rim with Godzilla and King Kong? I think what we said last week is it just doesn't work with the Pacific Rim timeline. But if you wanted to take Pacific Rim's themes and kind of stuff, you could like force feed it into this. But yeah, with how Pacific Rim itself was, it doesn't fit with the, the King Kong Godzilla universe. No. I mean, Pacific Rim is all about like portals opening and stuff coming through. For all we know, it could go the other way. Pacific Rim robots could go through a portal and end up in Kong Godzilla world. Are you saying the timelines are going to converge? That's your theory. I love your theory because I'm going to use it now. Yeah, that could happen. <laughs> I would love it if this just becomes T3. <laughs> and we got timelines converging everywhere. <sighs> and we get Pacific Kong Rim Genesis Assassin's. I, I mean, love that. Think about it. If, if you want to reach, we'll say that these Hollow Earth theories, are all, like all they're really confirming is that stuff is coming up from beneath the surface of the Earth. Yeah, which, it might you be could, flat. which is, I you did could, think, Pacific Rim, like, immediately when they started talking about that. Right. You could just frame that around, well, they're not mm. actually coming from inside the Earth, they're coming from a portal underneath the Earth. That aliens are sending them here to, like, harvest us, is that? Yeah. But then we send our robot back through it, and then we're in the alien world, and then we send it through another portal, and we're in the Kong King Godzilla universe? I mean, if they want to blow it up to sheer, like, craziness... Oh, could you imagine if they made, a, like, a, one of those fucking uh, Jaegers, but it was Mecha Godzilla, and they sent it through? I'm in. I would watch that. <laughs> now I'm in. You, you, you lost <laughs> me with all this until you said a Jaeger is Mecha Godzilla or Mecha Kong, even. But, like, I, either one, I'm in. I feel like that's the only way that if they put Mechagodzilla or something on screen, like, that has to be... It's the only way it makes sense, is if it's part of Pacific Rim, right? But they have to have six pilots. The whole cast that they didn't use properly in this movie, they just put them all on the head of a Jaeger (laughs) that looks like Godzilla. Or have... Make a Jaeger that uh, is essentially a uh, Mecha Samuel Jackson. (laughs) Which would fit. He wants his revenge. Yeah, that's true. If you can't get it in human form, we'll just make him a robot. Does anybody have any Tylenol? Oh, wow. <laughs> um. <laughs> so you guys don't like that idea? You don't think that would work, or if you'd even want to see that if it happened? I don't want to see these timelines converge into such a mutiled mess that the X-Men universe makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good bar to go by. Yeah, touche. Oh, man, my uh, brain's hurting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll wrap it up before Mike's head explodes. <laughs> um, just, I guess, final thoughts for Kong. We'll come. We'll bring it back to Skull Island. We'll wrap it up. Any any final thoughts for the movie? And then if not, we'll just sort of maybe end with like a out of ten rating. I just want to bring up again. We're talking about a creature called Kong, <laughs> whose parents were killed by Skullwalkers, and Godzilla would wreck the Skullwalkers. Ipso facto, would wipe out all Kongs. Throw six Kongs at him, and he'd take him out in two <laughs> seconds. Are you just going through the bullet point stuff that you had for Godzilla taking on King Kong that you I'm haven't used I'm just saying, it, it's, it's so absurd that this conversation's happening. I've said it before, I'll say it again. This is the worst thing we've ever talked about. <laughs> okay. 
I would have rather have watched Apocalypse Now. That's all I'm saying. This, this <laughs> is a horrible Vietnam movie. The confident man works in silence. Um, I'm still confident. Fair enough. I just I'm like going up, to the movies. To what was that, Josh? I just like going to the movies. <laughs> I watched Train Spotting after this. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> I've never seen that. I gotta watch that because I know that sequel's coming out soon. Yeah, T2's this month. Yeah. Yeah, I would watch it, Josh. You would like that. At least I think you would. I have a uh, copy from, from the library just trying to find time. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, Alright, so do we want to wrap it up with yeah. uh, just ratings? I guess out of ten, we'll just go around and say what we thought of King Kong or Kong Skull Island. I will give, I'll go first. I will give it a six. And that's not a bad six. It's not, like I said, for all the relentless crap we gave it, if you want to be entertained for two hours, this will do it. This is fine. Uh, uh, you know, it's going to suffer not as high of a score because of more technical filmmaking analysis, but in terms of entertainment, uh, I'll give it a six. Five. Uh, Okay. Uh, Ian? Four. Like, it looks pretty, but I'm never going to rewatch this. I have no <laughs> anything to ever want to see this movie again. I, the only reason I would rewatch this is to tell Mike why Godzilla <laughs> is going to wreck the shit out of King Kong. And even then, I don't care that much to rewatch this <laughs> film. And I use that term loosely here. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, I'm leaning towards a five. And I, I think more on the lines with Ian. I don't know if I'd rewatch this. It might... It might get more replay value after I see the other movies that come out in this monster verse. Like if Godzilla 2 connects to Kong Skull Island better, or if Kong versus Godzilla starts connecting the dots a little bit better, it might give me a reason to come back and watch it. But you just be like, oh, look how much better these movies have gotten. <laughs> yeah, if it you set the bar low there, and then everything goes up exponentially since then, and then you're okay. The Fantastic Four plan. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Oh, one thing I was going to ask too. I guess it's safe to say that compared to other Kong movies and iterations that maybe this is lowest on everyone's list? Like, compared to, like, Peter Jackson Kong or the classic Kong? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so don't forget, there's a lot of crappy no-name King Kong movies that were made. Yeah, just the, just the same way that there were, like, a lot of crappy Godzilla ones. Yeah. Like, Godzilla vs. this, Godzilla vs. that. There, there were some iterations of Kong as well. Right, okay. I don't know. I, I, I saw the other King Kong, especially the Peter Jackson version. I saw it as apples and oranges. You know, it, Peter Jackson set out to make a wonderful modern version of what his favorite movie in the world was that, you know, wanted him to be a filmmaker and all that with modern effects and special effects and all that. And, and he did it. So, it was a different approach. It was a different reason, all that. So I kind of see it as apples and oranges. They, they they both achieve different things. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, I think that's it for this one. Uh, I'm not real sure what we'll cover next week. Oh, I guess just heads up to anybody that wants to watch it. Iron Fist drops tomorrow. Well, at the time yes, we're recording, does. this is tomorrow. Yeah, and I can't so by watch. By the time this is out... I, I don't work until like 4.30, but I can't watch any of it because Sarah and I work all freaking... Like, I can't start it without her because I'll just end up rewatching it. 
<laughs> and then we work all freaking weekend because of goddamn Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And uh, so it's not going to be till like at least Monday till till we get the crack into it. But then yeah, we, we, we we might go see Beauty and the Beast or Belko Experiment probably Monday, one of the Monday, one of the Wednesday. So I don't know when the frick we're going to get to it. Yeah, I don't even know how soon we'll try to talk about it. It was just an idea. If people, I, I guarantee you, we won't be able to talk about the whole thing. We might be able to do like the first three episodes or something like we did with Cage. Yeah. But I don't know. The headlines for it haven't been very kind. So no, they have not. They were kinder yeah. than us, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious to see if it's if it's that bad. I guess it's something we could talk about. Oh, and then I actually started watching Legion. How's that been? Well, I'm three episodes in. It's intriguing enough. Like it's weird as fuck, but the mystery of it is intriguing enough that I'm I want to see how it plays out. Okay. They do a good job of like, like the whole setup is whether this guy is actually crazy or if he has powers, and you're you're still playing with that that idea the whole time and how they're, they how they test him to see like test his powers and what he's capable of all that stuff I find really interesting. So yeah, with that again, just options. It could be something. If we don't talk about it next week, it's something I definitely want to cover at some point. Is anybody else watching? I know Ian, you talked about one to watch. Did you I, ever start? I'm gonna I'm gonna start it soon. I just haven't yet. Okay. Yeah, if you start watching it, let me know. We'll see if maybe we'll get together and try to talk about that for a little bit. Other than that, I don't know. It could come down to just geek news and trailers. If there's nothing too exciting going on. But other than that, uh. If you enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes. You can leave us a five-star rating and review there. And be sure to share, subscribe, and favorite the show. Uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Superfriends, Or you can search for Superfriends. That'll show up the page. Uh, and you can send us some questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff uh, you want to. Uh, you can email us at Superfriends at gmail.com or bgsuperfriends on Twitter. Any of that stuff works. And on behalf of Ian, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and his Super Friends, where we will do our best to talk about Kong Skull Island. See, I knew it. I knew it. Was fuck- <laughs> That's only like halfway through, too. I know I have more words to get through, and it's going to fuck me up again. Just say, sup, guys, hey. BG and his Super Friends. Here's Mike Bradley. You know, this is why I, I like don't that. try to BG do like, and the, the Super Friends. Because like I'm like, fuck this. It takes too long. I fuck it up all the time. <laughs> it's not worth the effort. Send it to me. I'll do it. Alright, so if some wait, so if somebody else does this intro part, am I picking up at the host like I'm your host Brian after that? Or? You're not the host yeah, after that's this. Fine. Yeah, really. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and his Super Friends, where we will do our best to talk about Kong Skull Island before the show spirals out of control into an abundance of insults, name calling, and yo mama jokes. Stepping in, I'm your host Brian Labick. Joining me for this one way ticket to Skull Island is Someone who will hopefully keep me keep. I can't even do the fucking. <laughs> <other part. laughs> I should just said your name. Should just said your name. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
You want to send this one out this week, Brian? <laughs> I probably should. It's probably not. It's not even worth it anymore. <laughs>